0: Get out of the water right now! Do not hesitate, or you will die. You understand me? You hear that foreboding music, warning of danger? Do you hear it? Huh? A couple more times. Everybody, Jaws. That's an E and an F, by the way. You're amazed that I even know that, don't you? If, if you'll pardon me for a moment because I can't see because the, sh- the shades is what a lifeguard wears, but I would not be able to complete my duties this morning if I keep them on. And may I take off my hat? Thank you. So there we are, Jaws. And you're going to need a lifeguard by the time you finish this morning. That, and we all do. We all need a lifeguard. So that's the, that's the movie. This is week three at the movies. We, we did um, Rocky, we did Toy Story, today we're doing Jaws. Come back, we have one more, but no, I'm not telling you what it is. But you're going to enjoy it also. So that music, it's approaching danger. It's grinding, that EF, dun, 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 dun. It's grinding. You know how it's grinding? It's grinding the way a great white would be grinding as it's coming after you. And that's what's happening in this story. So you remember the story. I'm just gonna everybody already knows how this thing worked. This is this was a blockbuster video released on June 20th, 1975, at the time the largest take ever in the history of movies. Star Wars came out a little later, it broke the bank. With respect to these numbers. Huge movie. Just a couple of the people in the movie, the characters. I know you remember them. You have the police chief, who's sort of a good guy because he never is in denial and he's trying to get everybody out of the water, right? His play, play by, it's on Amity Island. Amity is a fictional beach resort town, and the word amity means friendship. But you got the cheesy mayor with the bad suit who's out on the beach, and, and he's really worried because there's danger in the water, but it's the largest income of the weekend. It's a holiday weekend, July 4th or something. And he's saying in denial, no, 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 don't get them out of the water. Don't warn them about the sharks. We need their money, right? And then you have the marine biologist, Richard Dreyfus, You remember him? And then you have the grizzled old professional shark hunter, right? I think his name is Quint, something like that. Yeah, Quint. He dies. Quint dies, right? You remember that? No? Have you seen the movie? Yeah. Okay, Quint dies. Huge box office success. And here's the whole point about Jaws. And I'm forcing the theology in this morning, but we're going to have fun with that too. We love to be scared. We went pouring into the theaters to see that and i'll just give you an illustration of how i and friends of mine used the movie i did not have the i was not clever enough to do this but i was working for young life at the time and and so teenagers like to be scared too and a friend of mine was starting young life in a high school where there was no young life and he had a couple of guys who were teenage boys who were his friends and he got his teenage boyfriend guys he got them to invite 10 or 12 other guys And he had a van, and they load up in the van, and they go to watch Jaws. This was somewhere on the southeast coast of Florida, right? On the beach, a beach town. They load up the van with a bunch of guys, and they go watch the movie. And then they go straight from the theater to the beach. It's pitch dark. It's midnight. They draw straws. And the kid that got the shortest straw with a rope tied around his waist had to swim straight out into the water. (laughs) Is that great or what? Well, of course, what happened is all the other guys swam out in the water also, and they all laughed and made fun of each other for being scared. We love to be scared. We do. And yet, what we're being invited to think about is some parts about reality and this is the way that we understand reality as given to us in Scripture. The part, part of what's true about reality is way more ugly and way more difficult than just a fun, scary movie with a fake shark. The shark, by the way, the shark's not evil. There's evil. But the shark's not evil. The shark's just doing its job as a shark. If you know that the shark is going to eat you, then it's really easy fix. Get out of the water. Right? Right? That's not hard. If you know a lion is going to eat you and you're in the place where lions live, guess what? Don't get out of the vehicle. Then you don't get eaten and the lion finds what the lion would normally eat to eat. The lion's not evil. It's just hungry. So the greed is of the mayor and the tension that creates in the plot is helping us begin to say, What is wrong with us? What did, what's happening here? Why is, this, why is this going on? And here's, here's one sentence that I want you to try to make sure you, you build into what I'm having, trying to say this morning. We are in a power struggle. When I say we, what I mean is this. You, if you're a Jesus follower, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, there is truth stuff about reality that is counter to God. Working against God's purposes. We can call it evil. We find it inside ourselves, but we find it also, there seems to be a personal force out there, not just, just us individually. And we, there, is something, there is something about reality that is wrong, bad, but really the way of summarizing is opposed to God and God's purposes and plan. And see, that's the human condition. That's what happened in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis on page 3 of the Bible. We decided, human beings did, that we could pick what was good and not good on our own. We didn't need God. And it never fails. Every time human beings say, I can do this without you, we end up hurting people. Chapter 4, Cain kills his brother Abel. Cain redefined evil and good in such a way as to make it a positive thing for him to kill his brother. So that's what's happening now. And the the greedy mayor with the bad tie and the suit and it's too hot and he's out there, let him sort of be the personification of the fallenness and brokenness of the universe and our lives within it. And we are in a power struggle. And it's the reality that you live in and I live in and you know it's true, no matter to what you attribute it. And I'm suggesting to you in Scripture it's saying that there are forces that are opposing God and God's plan. So that's a big kind of huge umbrella way of thinking about what evil is about. The great apostle Paul is trying to help us understand it. He's facing it himself. So he's written this letter to the people in the area of Ephesus. Ephesus is on the western coast of modern-day Turkey. And Paul writes this letter to them, and it's a six-chapter letter. And in the sixth chapter, he's bringing up this business about the power struggle. So we have a few verses here in order to be able to see. I've got balloons hanging there. There we go. This is, this is a couple of the first verses. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. But here's verses 10, 11, and 12. Paul introducing, as he's trying to understand the reality he's dealing with, and the reality that you and I are also dealing with, here's the way he says it. Finally, he says, and he's writing to a family of faith, multiple families of faith. This is writing to individuals, but always individuals thinking of themselves as a part of a family. So we're doing this together, friends, as family. You make, you're making personal decisions, but we're doing it as a family of people making personal decisions. And Paul has birthed this family. He says to them, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers and against authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms so what 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 I the way I'd like you to think about that lots of words in that but su- I'm going to suggest to you that we're in a power struggle and in our own experience as well as in some force Personal force, the devil he calls this personal force, the evil one. There's this as a part of the reality that's also that's in the that's what he's trying to say with all those words. He and it's you just need to take it in the simple way that I said it. There's a force working against God. That's a sobering thought. There is a force working against God. I experience in my life where I choose on purpose. And you do too, if you're honest. And on, on top of that, there's even more. And that's what Paul is trying to stay we're wrestling with. Again, if there's a shark in the water, the easy fix, get out of the water. But that's not the way it seems to work. So we're going to see a clip of the beginning of what happens when people won't say that, yes, there is a real struggle and there, really, really, <coughs> there is real evil in the world. So this is clip number one for us today. <laughs> Chief, Polly sent me to find you to tell you that there's a bunch of Boy Scouts out in April Bay doing their miles swim for their merit badges. I couldn't call them in, there's no phones out there. Okay, come on, get out of there. Take this stuff back to the office and get to work on those signs. All right. Beach is closed, no swimming, by order of the Amity PD. And let Polly do the printing. What's the matter with Monster? Let Polly do the printing. Hey, Chief. Chief Brody. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> <might flush it laughs> I wish I could you know, uh, What yeah. you got there? Listen, we had a shark attack at South Beach this morning, Mayor. Fatal. I've got to baton down the beach. Okay, Albert. Come on, you goof. keep your arms up. Don't fight. It. Don't carry it, Carry it. Press up. Rest it, rest it up. Out there. Rest it up. Charlie. On, Charlie, take me over to those kids. Martin, are you going to shut down the beaches on your own authority? Well, what other authority do I need? Technically, you need a civic ordinance or a resolution by a board of selectors. That's just going by the book. We're really a little anxious that you're, uh, you're rushing into something serious here. It's your first summer, you know. What does that mean? I'm only trying to say that Amity is a summer town. We need summer dollars. If the people can't swim here, they'll be glad to swim at the beaches of Cape Cod. Hampton, Long Island. That doesn't mean we have to serve them up a smorgasbord. But we never had that kind of trouble in these waters. Well, what else could have done that to that girl? Boat capella? Well, I think uh, possibly, uh, yes, a boating accident. That's action, not what you told action. me over the phone. I was wrong. We'll have to amend our reports. And you'll stand by I'll that? I'll stand by you. Martin, a uh, summer girl goes swimming. swims out a little far. She tires fishing boat comes along. It's happened before. I don't think you appreciate the gut reaction people have to these things. Harry, I appreciate it. I'm just reacting to what I was told. Martin, it's all psychological. You yell barracuda. You racist. Huh? What? You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. You yell shark. And we've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Did, it, I mean, he's a caricature of greed, isn't he? You know, did you notice the jacket? Was that thing horrendous? You know? Did you see it? Did you catch the anchors on that thing? So, so there we have the personification in a playful, kind of fun, unbelievable way, but still introducing to us the possibility that people would redefine good and evil on the basis other than what is God's purpose, God's plan, God's best. I'm going to create a story where she was not t- attacked by a shark. She was attacked by a fishing boat. She and it was accidentally hit. And that's why, she was, that's why she was killed. And oh, we have to go through the process of getting the beach shut down. And oh, and this and that. And then there's a lot of money. And the money's going to go to some other beach. And the Roy Scheider says back to the sheriff, well, it's better than serving them up a smorgasbord. I don't know if you caught that line. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> well, denial, greed. What's entered is the power struggle between the purposes of God, what's entered into this movie and entered into your life entered into our world. The power struggle between the, the reality of forces working against God and the power struggle of God's good, God's plan, God's purposes for all of us. It doesn't take long for things to go really, really bad. <laughs> Pippet! 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 Come on, Pippet! So we on purpose cut the clip. <laughs> we, we weren't sure if there were going to be children in the room or not, so we literally cut the clip. But what happens next is a violent attack. And Jaws violently attacks a kid and obviously it just kills the kid. That's what happens next. So, so what, we're, what we're here is we're saying that how, how can we defend ourselves when there's this reality? of forces that are personal that I find inside of me and forces that seem to be outside of me, all working against what I know is God's plan for the world. God wants to restore all things. God wants to restore all things. That's the big story of the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. The enthroned king wants to put all things back together again, but there's a reality that's still a part of the universe. And it's forces that are working against the goodness of God, against God's plan and purpose to restore all things. And that's just what we see going on. You see it in your life. You see it in your business. You see it in the community. It's driving you nuts. But we need to start at the beginning. And the beginning is for him or against him. That is, are we going with God or are we going against God? And how do we defend ourselves? That's the question. We're in a power struggle. How are we going to defend ourselves when we sense it going on? So defense and that's that's literally the word defense we're going on defense while we're also on offense how are we going to defend ourselves against all the things that oppose god all the things that are god's best jesus flowers paul is going to tell us that he wants us to he's going to give us some defensive equipment he's going to give us some things to help us deal with the danger so here we have the next part of the passage And this is going to take two slides to read it. Paul's going to describe armor. And what would have been really common in the first century world all over the Mediterranean. And Paul is in working toward a mid-Mediterranean. Paul would have said, Paul uses the, the image of a soldier, probably a Roman soldier. And we're getting a description of the equipment the Roman soldier would be wearing. So here it is. Paul's saying, how, given the reality, and we're in a power struggle. And there's all these forces working against God and God's good big plan to restore all things. What are we going to do? How can we defend ourselves? Therefore, Paul says, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with Here comes some equipment. You ready? The belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with, it, with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. There is Paul giving us a bunch of equipment that we can use. So I want to say I can't go into all six of them, seven of them, but I want to go into one right now. And I want to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. Now, you don't know what that means, and you have never worn a, co- a coat of chain mail or anything else, but a Roman soldier would have had all this long. It might have been a plate. It might have been chain mail, but it would have been protecting the vital organs. And so the, the word righteousness is the word that makes this things come alive. And I just wanted to pick it because it's a great word. In, in, in Hebrew, it's tzedekah, and then bringing from Hebrew language over to the Greek world and the Greek New Testament, dikaiosune. And here's what it means. that It's in the simplest terms. Dikaiosune, righteousness, means being rightly related. To whom, you would ask? Well, we're rightly related first to God. We, we are right with God. Now, the question comes up immediately, well, how can I be right with God? Look at what I've done. And immediately what you do is you put that cross right there. The bridge between you not being rightly related to God and me not being rightly related to God and now being rightly related to God, there it is. Jesus has covered it. He's paid the price for our part in resisting the great purposes of God. That's a basic understanding of what Jesus' death and resurrection are all about. But back to righteousness, dikaiosune, being rightly related to God and also, therefore, to each other. Why is it important that we keep reminding ourselves of each other? We we want to go back to the very beginning and realize, well, who are we? And page one of the Bible says, we are God's image. We were made by God, and we were made in God's image, and therefore every human being was made to be rightly related to God, and every human being should treat every other human being as God's image bearer, even if you don't like them. But see, you and I don't get to pick. We don't get to pick who we're going to rightly relate to and who we're not going to rightly relate to. We don't get to condemn people. That's not our job. All of us, every one of us, each one of us individually, made in God's image. And therefore, there's a fundamental dignity to being a human being, not because of ourselves. We didn't make ourselves right. We were made by God to reflect God. And the way we treat other people is the way Jesus treated other people. And that's what all of it is. So it's such a rich term. It's a fantastic idea. Being rightly related to God. And we wear it, all this right relationship, we wear it as a breastplate to protect ourselves from all the forces of evil that would do what? Want to tear up right relationships. So if, if the right relationship is a breastplate protecting our vital organs, what's the enemy going to try to do? Make you not right with people make you not right with God God wants all of us to be right related with himself that's the project of restoration in the universe and exactly at the heart of who you are brokenness in relationships where you're positively contributing to it that's why this is so important how am I going to defend myself against the the purposes that are working against the purposes of God I thank God for making me right through the cross of Jesus, and then I do everything I can having this new power of Jesus in me to be rightly related to God and other people. I'm a a person who fixes relationships. I'm a relationship specialist. Did you know you are a relationship specialist? That's what you are. If you're made in God's image, and you are, and you're wearing the breastplate breastplate of righteousness, it means you build rightness in relationships in the world. You are on the front of the lines. You are, an ad- you are an advance, an agent, an operative, in God's plan to make all things right again. So that's why I wanted to talk about that one just in particular, just because I thought you'd like it. Just a couple more details about what's going on in Ephesus that shows how rightness with each other and rightness with God are so powerful. In Ephesus, here's what's happening with people who have become Jesus followers. Jews and Greeks together. They're doing it together as a church family in the same gatherings like this. They hate each other. They loathe each other. They don't respect each other, but they start following Jesus. And the next thing you know, they can put aside their differences. They're learning to rightly relate to each other. But that's not all. Wait, there's more. Slaves and free people. Now, don't think about slavery like chattel property slavery that we experienced in the horror of the American experience. Think about being indentured servants. So people who are indentured and people who aren't are learning because they're following Jesus together to become authentically related to each other. This is happening in the world, in Ephesus, in these other cities where Paul is leading them. And here's the last one, male and female. In the institution of human marriage, it's a revolution what happens when Paul says to people, subject yourself to each other, love the other one. Men, just, women were property. It's revolutionary to the world to see men treating women differently in the ancient world. It just makes a huge difference. So Jesus' followers who are married begin to relate differently to each other because of the dignity of being made in God's image and because it's a breastplate of right relationship out there as an advance, and ambassadors of the goodness of God in the world. All of that is what's going on. If you can believe me, (laughs) that's really good stuff. That's what's happening. It's happening now here, too. It's happening in your lives. It's it's happening in our our world. But let's do this. We're learning, Jesus followers, how to defend ourselves. And we know that all you got to do is get the people out of the water and get rid of the shark. Let's see if they've learned anything. All right, up Up she goes. These are up. I'm off I'm lower. OK, OK, I'm ready. shark (laughs) so you know how the story ends right right what happens is Richard Dreyfus, the marine biologist he survives and uh Sheriff Brody survives but the gritty old professional shark hunter when the the shark starts attacking the back of the boat he slides into the shark's mouth but this is what happens that a tank an air tank gets lodged by the, the sheriff into his mouth and he shoots it with a gun it blows up and Jaws is done for so that's just how the movie ends. If you haven't seen it, go see it. <laughs> but what I wanted to draw your attention to was two things. One is Dreyfus gets into the, to the um, cage and he goes, I can't spit. He's nervous. No kidding. But notice what he had in his hands. There's a second part of the armor of God that I read about earlier. That's mentioned. That this is it. I, I we read about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and there he had a spear, a harpoon kind of thing. Well, the Word of God is also a way. How are we going to defend ourselves? Well, it's this book. Friends, it's the book. It's God speaking to us. The Spirit speaking to us. We defend ourselves by relating with a right way of life. We relate rightly to God and to each other. And we also defend ourselves with the book. And Paul who wrote this, oh, did he know and love the book. Now, if I could press the metaphor just a little further, Dreyfus dropped it. Some of you may feel... Like, yeah, you know, I used to know a little something in that. I used to hear and speak with God in that book, but I've sort of let it go. And now you're defenseless again. I'm not fussing at you. I'm trying to say, this is real, what we're dealing with out there. This is not, play we're not playing games. There's real resistance to the purposes and goodness of God. And Paul is saying, this is how I've had to do it. And he lists off these tools, these defensive mechanisms. And he says, use these things. That's how you can defend yourself. And so, yeah, we, we can re- relate right to right at each other. And we also, yeah, we got to be people of the book. We are people of the book. And you can't do that for somebody else. They ha- you ha- each, each one of us has to do that book for ourselves. We do it together as a family. But you've got to own it and be in it, doing it yourself. Don't drop it. If you dropped it, pick it back up again. Because you need it. I need it. This is what I've had to do. Is that my phone? Okay. One last piece of the passage as Paul is finished talking about the armor, but he's adding one and a seventh tool that we use to defend ourselves. And here it is pray. Six physical pieces of equipment, and number seven prayer pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind with what in mind all of the challenges that we're facing in the world the challenges that we find ourselves caught up in the challenges that that are working against the person of god pray in the spirit be alert always keep on praying for all the lord's people it's a family pray also for me that whenever I speak, words will be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. He's in jail, in Ephesus, writing to his people right outside the jailhouse and to other little towns around there. I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul says to us, we're in a power struggle, and this is how I've been doing it. Friends, this is how we want to do it. So I have, I have three ways for you to maybe put some uh, wheels on this for yourselves this morning. The first one is this. The Word of God, the sword, as a part of your armor. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a Bible that has cross-references in it, and I want you to go to the Bible and look at this passage with the armor pieces. And there's salvation, there's truth, there's righteousness, there's these several things, helmet of salvation, et cetera. I want you to get your cross-references out, and I want you to go look them up because the way we understand the Bible, the first, the first move we make is to see what other things in the Bible say about what you're reading. Okay, so cross-referencing. If, you, if you're a person who knows what cross-referencing is right now, if you know what that is and you, if you've ever used it, would you just be so bold as to stick your hand up in there? Okay, leave them up. So if you're a person who has no idea what that is, look around. You, leave them up, please. Then what I want you to do, you may see, I've, I got my hand up. You may know what a cross-reference Bible is. Pick somebody you see if you don't have it and pick somebody whose hand is up and see if they'll help you figure that out. Okay, so that's, that's goal number one. Go cross, cross-reference the heck out of this passage and if you saw somebody's hand and you know them and you're willing to be humble with them and say I don't know nothing and that's point number 2 humility humility is what I want you to do I want you to be I want you to exercise humility in some relationship that's strained remember we're relationship experts specialists And we go, because we are all made in God's image, there's dignity in every other person, even if there's some strain in it. And I want you to humbly maybe move into a relationship with some intentionality and try to make yourself a breastplated with righteousness kind of person who's out trying to make a relationship a little bit better. And the last thing I want to say is this. If there's something eating away at you that you're struggling with, if you feel it coming at you and you just can't shake it and it's getting you, And you know it's not good and you know it's it's not god's purpose for you you know it is something counter to the purpose of god here's what i want you to do suck it up tell somebody you trust and ask them to try to help you make your way through this so you can get some armor on around it there are lots of things beating away at us lots of things sucking us into directions other than god's best you can't do it alone i can't do it alone Find somebody you trust, a friend, and let them in on the struggle and ask them to walk with you for a while on it. Maybe even meet for coffee once every week or two and talk about how it's going. Cross-reference. Humble. Get a friend involved. Put on the full armor of God, my friends. We're in a power struggle. This is how Paul did it. This is how we're going to do it. Let me offer a prayer. Gracious God, we thank you that you protect us you guide us you take care of us you lead us you look out for us we thank you gracious god that you are the king of the universe and you've equipped us with the mechanisms that are helping us to make our way through this it's a struggle and we know that we know that's true and help us to find a new way to use a new piece of armor maybe one we haven't used much maybe one we dropped we pick it back up again Gracious God, we want to be your sons and daughters. We want to be a part of advancing the goodness of right relationships. We want to be a part of advancing your presence in the world. We want to be out there as your ambassadors. Thank you, gracious God, that you give us the power to do it through your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. My good friends, this band... This band is going to play this song. I'm going to invite invite you to stand. You can sing along with them if you want to. You can take off if you want to. I I want you to leave here as ambassadors. Go in peace to be armed people, people covered with armor so that you can be God's people in the world. Amen. Sing if you want. Stay if you want. Leave if you want. Amen.